0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Braindroppings podcast. I am your host, Joe Show. This is season two, episode four. Uh, we will be centering a lot of the discussion in this episode around the coronavirus with personal anecdotal stories. I will have a guest host uh, from the Causeway Street podcast, also CLNS Media's Celtics post game Live co-host. Uh, you can catch him writing, talking on the radio, or... Doing podcasts with people like me. He is Joel Pavone. I'm very pleased to have him. He's a friend of mine outside of the podcast world as well as inside the broadcast world. And I'm looking forward to filling a solid hour plus uh, with Joel as we break down the major news developments regarding the COVID 19 coronavirus as it has impacted the sports world. We'll also touch a little bit on the future of Boston media, be it music or sports or news or talk. Uh, Joelle and I will share some stories regarding some of the hoarding that we've seen of basic supplies, and um, I'll even provide you with my PSA on what I do if I see you with a cart full of toilet paper at my local grocery store. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. It was fun doing. Look forward to others coming your way very soon. Thanks so much
1: my mama calls, see you on tv sunset done change ever since we was on i dreamed it all ever since i was young they said i won't be nothing now they always say congratulations work so hard forgot how to vacation
0: so, thanks for coming back. I am officially joined now by the great Joel Pavone that you just heard me give the intro to before we cut to the music break, as I like to do on every episode of the Bra- Braindroppings podcast. Uh, we will be trying to fill, I don't know, however many minutes Joel and I go. We can go forever, but we'll cut it at some point before it gets too annoying. Uh, Joel, big news today, obviously. Uh, big news for the last two to three weeks, but it seems to be exploding in the last. 24 hours, the coronavirus, so the COVID-19 virus, um, seems to be making its way into professional and amateur sports, which is creating quite a headache for schedule makers, travel teams, auxiliary employees, you know, the folks that work in the different arenas. Let's, let's start this off by giving a brief rundown. Joel, what are you aware of so far that's been canceled?
1: shoot or drop, so to speak, in terms of, uh, you know, the first player of any professional sports league uh, here in, the, here in uh, North America to be positive for the uh, coronavirus, which is uh, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Jazz were actually set to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder in Oklahoma City. And before, well before tip-off, I mean, even even before the uh, players were were warming up on the on the court, a uh, official from the Thunder, I believe it was a uh, a trainer from the Thunder, let the three officials know about someone being sick on the Jazz, and they waited on the NBA to uh, to officially. Have the game postponed? They're calling it a postponement, but uh, Rudy Gobert wasn't in the arena. Uh, he didn't he didn't participate in the morning shoot around on, on on Wednesday. So, uh, according to the Jazz uh, statement that they released, uh, Gobert was was cleared of uh, when well, he tested negative for influenza. Obviously, that's the flu and strep throat, and for whatever reason the coronavirus tests uh took uh longer for the results to 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 come out and so you know the nba obviously made a decision to to not only postpone that game but for now but uh the the rest of the nba games on hold so the, if tonight they actually announced adam silver announced the nba commissioner announced that uh for the time being, it's going to be at least a 30-day hiatus, and they will take the necessary, per, you know, precautions when the time comes as more information becomes available. And then um, earlier today, a second jazz player, teammate of uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, was tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, he was one of 58 who were tested last night at the Oklahoma City Thunders Arena. um, Before they were released, when while everyone was in quarantine, the test positive. So 58 jazz players and personnel were tested. One confirmed positive test, which was uh, Donovan Mitchell. So so far in the NBA, two players confirmed with the Coronavirus and the NBA um, in the uh, has told all thirty teams to remain in their in their you know respective cities, and any of the teams that have played the Jazz in the last ten days have to self quarantine, meaning you know staying in their homes for the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Oh, so, like I said, first shooter drop in the NBA.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: First, in terms of like the league, the only league to. Uh, to officially, you know, put their season on hold, and MLB uh, followed with uh, the the uh, spring training is on hold until further notice. Uh, the NHL has uh, you know put their season on hold as well. The MLS they officially you know are on a hiatus for at least 30 days, and obviously the NCAA's the uh, them their, their their tournaments that were set to begin today, March Madness have you know been canceled and and without you know any uh, I don't think they're going to they're, they're, they're going to resume even even after a certain amount of time that most of these leagues are going to be on hiatus. So it's it's one it was one crazy uh Wednesday night to say to say the least and in, into into Thursday.
0: It really was and I think Tuesday into Wednesday to well we saw the writing on the wall. Um, ori- originally, it was NBA was considering playing in empty arenas. Uh, you had King James kind of step on his tongue a little bit and then backtrack, walk back the, uh, I play for the fans, so if we're playing with nobody there, I'm not playing to. I think we yeah. need to err on the uh, the side of caution. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back was Rudy's positive uh, COVID-19 test that came back and, and said that he, that he was actually infected. And I think that's what... You know, Adam Silver is a smart guy. He's a businessman. He understands, from a financial perspective, what's on the line with these individual arenas, what's on the line for these individual teams and these players, and he has to act in a uh, abundance of caution. And I think he was he was kind of waiting for a shoe to drop to give him the opportunity to just protect the players, protect the personnel in the arenas, protect the spectators that come out and shell out, you know, ungodly amounts of money. You and I both know what it costs to go to an NBA game these days. Um, Yes. And I think he was trying to push back on that until he just couldn't anymore. And last night seemed to be that moment. And, you know, to your point, in the the hours that have followed last night's decision by the NBA to suspend uh, play for the time being until further notice – you saw MLB cancel spring training and push back opening day at least two weeks. They will update that as, as the situation updates. Uh, you saw the NHL suspend the rest of the season, um, until further notice. It looks like they're going to take a one month review. Um, MLS, same thing, got a month out, uh, locally, you know, cause Joel and I are in the new England market. The Boston marathon has been postponed. It'll be rescheduled date to be determined. Um, uh, on top of that, you're starting to see uh, some of these, these moves. I mean, even in New York. New York, they have a 500-person um, limit on gatherings. And you know, to most people, that doesn't seem like much. But when you think about it, not that I go to a lot of these or have gone to, all right, I'll, I'll admit it, I haven't been to any, but uh, Broadway, every one of the theaters on Broadway in New York City holds over 500 people. So Broadway, for the first time since the '40s, will be dark tonight. Um, you're seeing other cities limiting crowds to 250 uh, outside of sports. You're, you know, you touched on the NCAA tournament, March Madness, which was supposed to start today. Um, that is canceled, folks. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist. Joel knows this. I know this, which is why we say canceled rather than postponed. Um, the NCAA tournament has lease agreements for the the eight different arenas that they play the the 64 teams in. And those lease agreements aren't fluid. It's not like you can just push those back a month. They are scheduling nightmares. So unfortunately, I do believe that the 2020 March Madness tournament uh, will probably not be um, rescheduled. And if it is, it's going to be on a far smaller scale. And I think you're going to have to use hosts. Host uh, universities for these different games. It's not going to be quite laid out the way it was. Uh, you're seeing concerts being canceled. Cruise cruise lines are taking time off. Um, originally, Joel and I wanted to do this podcast where we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. Where I was going to play the ignorant one, who just says, "You know, what this is a lot to do about nothing." And Joel was going to take the more precautious uh, role and talk about, you know, the severity of of this impending uh, virus and, and global pandemic that the World Health Organization has deemed it. Um, however, the the course of the last 12 hours has really kind of been a bucket of cold water, I, I'd say, Joelle, I mean, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's been a bucket of cold water over, you know, playing around with this particular virus. It, at the end of the day, folks, it may not be fatal if you're a super healthy, young or middle-aged individual, but if you have any underlying health issues, um, this is a deadly, this is a deadly virus. It can cause serious issues. Um, so I think you're seeing the sports leagues trying to protect the fans as well as the players, as well as the auxiliary employees front office down to the guy who's serving the bucket of popcorn and, and really take a proactive approach to this um, to help at least do quote unquote their part in assisting the public and not being in an area where where mass contamination can transpire. I mean, Taking the basic um, steps of washing your hands, keeping a six-foot bubble around you and other people, coughing into your elbow, sneezing into your elbow. Those are all great steps to take. But as many of you know from this podcast, in the, the season one and into season two, I talk a lot about the amount of travel that I do for work. I'm on airplanes every single week. In fact, this week alone, here we are, it's only Thursday. I only traveled Monday and Tuesday. In the course of those two days, I was on four different flights. I went to four different cities. Um, I can tell you that my airplanes, oddly, you know, as much as people talk about how uh, empty the airports have been, Joel, the airports I was in, which was Baltimore, uh, Richmond, Birmingham, Alabama, and Chicago, um, all four were pretty well busy. You know, my flights weren't empty. They were pretty well stacked. I, uh, I had to share that, you know, somebody, I had somebody in the middle seat on three of the four flights and, you know, it it just, you do your own thing. I mean, when I go on an airplane, this is a well-documented thing. I, I, am okay to admit it. You got to be good in your own skin, right, Joel? That's the key. That's very true. (laughs) Got to be comfortable in your own skin. I make no apologies for the way I travel. Um, I'll quickly touch on it right now. I'm sure everybody travels differently. When I travel for business, you have to understand I'm in sales. So my job is to talk all day. When I'm on an airplane, the last thing I want to do is hear about your fucking grandkids or your niece and nephew or where you and your spouse are going on a fucking trip. It's not what I'm into. I'm into... AirPods on, noise canceling function activated. They're not necessarily banging music out all the time. It's just a deterrent from you talking to me. And now, so my update for the coronavirus is I'm just sitting with my arms folded, which again is another body langu- language indicator that I'm not really interested in having a conversation with you. Just, you know, I sit in my seat, do my business. I love the aisle. That way I have the ability to get up and get my laptop if I want and crack some workout. Or better yet, I don't have to inconvenience you if I need to get up and go to the bathroom. Um, two other things that I have made conscious decisions to do, besides washing my hands like I have OCD, is I refuse to use uh, airport bathrooms. I refuse to use airline, ba- uh, airplane bathrooms. Uh, to me, those are petri dishes for every every known uh, pathogen on the planet. So the last thing I want to do is you know up my percentage of potential contamination. Those are just steps I've taken. I'm sure we've all taken different steps. Um, Joel, in your regular life right now, outside of doing the podcast with uh, with Joe Sway or with me or on CLNS Media, what exactly are you doing? Are you making any conscious efforts that you can that you actually can lay a finger on? Like, hey, I've I've actually noticed that I started doing X.
1: Um, I mean, for the most part, uh, it's it's kind of business as usual because I'm I'm always you know, uh, a hand washer to begin with, like, consistently. Um, I always carry around a little, you know, thing of sanitizer um, with me when I'm driving. I do a lot of driving, so I'm constantly in in, in the car, um, constantly sanitizing, and um, that's just something that I've always been used to, even before, you know, this, uh, this coronavirus, you know, outbreak, so to speak.
0: Are you hitting the you hitting the hand sanitizer any harder than you have been?
1: Uh, well, um, well, um, um, I've been buying a lot more. I guess uh, I guess that would be a, uh, something different than than what I usually uh, have because I, I I've been using it a lot more. So yeah, I guess I guess yeah, I guess I could say you could say that, that I've been you know hitting it a little bit a little bit more and uh, trying to uh, make sure that I don't run out. So yeah. I well, I don't know if
0: you want to give this secret away, but if you want to tell the people where you're finding hand sanitizer, toilet paper, paper towels, and and antibacterial soap, I'm sure the, the folks listening in our market would love to know because I can tell you it's not at Market Basket, folks. I was there today. It's not at Shaw's. I was also there today. Both of those aisles wiped out Lysol, Sandy Wipes, hand sanitizer, and toilet paper. Literally nothing on the shelves, which it kind of lays itself, Joel, to a larger question of, you know, I, I understand the the want of some people to prepare uh, for potential uh, quarantine. You know, if, if if this thing gets out of control in the government or your state or local officials are, are guiding us to try to stay inside, to self-quarantine ourselves, to, to allow this virus to kind of die out, so to speak, rather than, you know, continuing on our regular days and and opening up our risks to contamination. That's all great. Um, but Susie at the market basket, literally filling a fucking cart with hand sanitizer and toilet paper needs a throat punch uh, because you're, because you're, you're taking that away from, you know, somebody who's just going in there to get a package. Cause you know, I don't know. I had two fucking rolls of toilet paper in my bathroom today. And I thought to myself, well, that's going to get me to the weekend. So, you know, people that listen to the podcast know I got four kids plus a wife there's six people in this house. Two rolls of toilet paper are not going to go very long. So my goal was to just get a, a pack to kind of get us through to the next shopping. Um, I couldn't even do that. That that to me is excessive. Um, it drives me insane. It's like, I get it, but there's really no reason for there to be like Black Friday brawls going on in the bottled water aisle at Costco, which I read on on Google News today. That, that kind of stuff just drives me insane you know there's there's a a a time to prepare and there's a fine line between prepping and panic and i i seem to think that there's a percentage of the population out there specifically when we get our more densely populated areas in and around the boston area um where you see this a little more rampant and it's like guys come on there's plenty of us here there's plenty of products you don't need a six month supply of toilet paper i don't think it's going to be that bad
1: well, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but you know, I completely agree with you, but this is like this is what what happens these the when when you know, sports leagues and concerts are getting are getting, you know, canceled or put on on hold and it just creates going to create more, you know, hysteria and it's it's you know, I mean, the for example, the NBA was already looking into playing without fans. You mentioned that earlier yeah. uh, in, the, in the in the episode and uh San francisco the city of San francisco had already put in into effect uh that if any any venue that that was holding more than a thousand people like that you know that 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 event can only go on behind closed doors with no with no with no people right so you know the the warriors already were going to play a game without fans. And right. the NBA was going to probably make that announcement, you know, twenty-four hours later, before the uh, positive test of and um, Now yeah. Donovan Mitchell. So now even more hysteria, even more panic. You know, around here and in, in, in Boston, where you know it's still it's still winter, and even though there, it hasn't been a, a crazy winter, there hasn't been uh, you know crazy amounts of snow and, and, and blizzards and et cetera, et cetera, but. The way stores are, have run out of everything from, like you said, from toilet paper to water to, you know, to, to, and, and any, anything and everything, you know, that's, that's food or things or, or sanitary products. You would think that there's like, there's, there's, there's a two foot blizzard coming this way. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you know, there's barely any traffic in, on the highways. Because everyone's at the stores, and at, at, at either a supermarket or Walmart or BJ's, Costco, whatever, whatever's your whatever floats your boat, and there's lines out the door just to check out.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like my, you know, so it, and now, it's, if you notice, it's now the the elementary, grammar, and high schools that are starting to move towards this at home education for the time being. I think Massachusetts has a a large swath of schools that are, as of tomorrow, um, basically closing for the next two to three weeks with online learning. If the school was already capable of doing it, they're they're progressing in that direction. I live in New Hampshire, and I can tell you, I think there's only three schools up here right now that are doing it, but I'm sure that that number is going to change overnight, and it'll change again next week. Uh, Both three of my four children are in high school and, you know, they all have take-home Chromebooks. They all, you know, they all have the ability to do their classes online. Um, and the school's basically telling them, hey, if this gets any worse, this is going to be the outcome. So it's, you know, I, I get that it's it's all being done in an abundance of caution to ensure that we help negate the mass spread of the virus. That said, it it's still... I still think that ultimately the the stockpiling has to stop. I mean, it's just like you said. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. it's like prepping for for a fucking blizzard, and there ain't one coming. It was fifty today, <laughs> so that's just it. That's the irony. It's been like in the like fifties
1: and sixties so far to begin the month the month of March, and uh, you have like I said this 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 panic, this craziness here in the in in, in the boston in the greater boston area as if there's like a, a, a storm coming like uh because it's, that's the only time you really see you know the uh, supermarkets and, and and stores have lines out the door and 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 the shelves all empty that's that's pretty much the only time that happens around here is oh. when there's a blizzard coming when they're announcing a blizzard
0: oh big time and, and, and
1: and sometimes it's not even a blizzard. Sometimes it's just like, they're just announcing a little, like some, some, some sort of, some sort of, you know, accumulation of snow. Get your
0: bread, milk, on. water, and eggs. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> like, 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 no, like no one consumes that when, when there isn't snow, but then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's making French toast, apparently. Right. When it comes <laughs> to, to, to any kind of uh, 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 announcement that there's snow coming on the way, and that's how it is. That's how it feels like right now. And- the only difference is, Gas stations aren't aren't you know there aren't lines at the gas stations, but they're they're there because everyone's at the stores. Like I said, all the parking lots are are, are jam packed. You can't get in. You, you you're waiting to get out.
0: You know. Well, my, the, the people that are going to. The out...
1: girlfriend the other day was you know two and a half hours to, to check out, and wow. and and didn't find everything that she needed. So you know here we are like you know trying to figure out like you know we have to we have to uh, uh, you know wait to to make like a big list of things to get, because if you're going to go to the store just to get like two things, don't even bother because you're, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna take a good like three to four hours to get in and out of that place for two items. So you might as well just make a big list.
0: Oh, big time. And I'll tell you one of the things that, you know, I I know this podcast gets about 1200 to 1500 views per episode that I put out. But one of the things that I think we should mention here, we are 20 minutes in, but, um, when we talk about the stockpiling, not that, you know, I I can't, apparently I have OCD and I keep driving home this point about stockpiling, but I do it for a reason. You know, sometimes we have an educated view in, and on this particular subject, I do. Uh, So I will tell you that unlike with a blizzard, where you get that type of stockpiling for like a week, um, it doesn't really disrupt the supply chain that greatly because we, You know, in the the distribution of food and non-food products, there's always contingencies built in. There's additional stock that's allocated for different areas of the country that are typically hit harder by bad weather or inclement or natural disasters. We, you know, the the companies that do this prep for this. Um, I can tell you that I work for probably the number two or number three largest food distributor in the United States, and I'm getting hourly covid-19 updates regarding supply chain um, in in regards specifically to non-food items like toilet paper paper towels hand sanitizer mask gloves you name it um those stocks are not for the folks that are out there stockpiling stupid amounts of these you are hurting your average consumer because that supply chain is not going to be rejuvenated because this is a country-wide tug on the supply. This is not going to be something that, you know, this week we're out of bottled water and next week Nestle going to magically bottle a couple of truckloads of Poland Spring and get it down to your local market basket. It's not going to happen, folks. I, I manage some of those larger food and non-food items for my company, and I can tell you that the, the stocks are literally at what we consider critical mass, which means you're looking at a three to four week turnaround for return to what they call normalcy in stock uh, terms. So this is this could create a bit of a an issue um, if this is to progress and get worse. I think you're going to start seeing um, more rampant um, fighting for these essential items or these items that are being deemed essential for self quarantine or for uh, preparedness. So it's something that you know if you haven't gone out to stockpile yet. I mean, Joel and I are trying to be hot on this. This in the sports world this all really came to a head last night and has progressed over the course of the last 24 hours and you know Joel and I jumped in immediately to each other and were like hey if we don't have a post game to do because they basically canceled our league let's let's get in front of this get on a podcast and, and touch base with people So I'll tell you, if you have not gone out for your stockpiling mission yet, uh, please be cognizant of the other folks that aren't necessarily in the same mindset of needing a six-month supply of hand sanitizer, a six-month supply of toilet paper. You know, overstock yourself, but don't don't go to the extremes because ultimately— you're either doing it for one of two reasons. Number one, you're not mentally stable enough and you're just stockpiling because you have some sort of internal tick going on inside you. Or number two, you're trying to create some sort of black market for this and these items. And I can assure you that if it's option two, you will not be a very well-loved individual in your community, your area, your region, your state, or your country. So Be smart about this, folks. Yes, you should buy maybe double the amount of toilet paper you would buy, double the water, double the hand sanitizer, double the the Lysol and the wipes, but not shopping carts full. If I see another shopping cart, let me try English, Joel. If I see another shopping cart at the fucking grocery store filled with one item and I know what you're doing with it, there's a good chance I'm flipping that cart. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there now. Some of you know what I look like. If you subscribe to the podcast, if you look at that that front moniker that's got my ugly mug on it, you see that guy in Market Basket and you got a, an entire cart full of hand sanitizer, get prepared to get on the ground because you are seriously going to be picking it all up. I'm just throwing it out there, and that's mild compared to what other people are probably going to do if they figure out you're doing that down the line. Um, Joel, not to pivot too far away from this, but one of the other things i've noticed you know in a a general sense is over the course of this um virus making itself into the news not only do you have it hitting every single news outlet on the planet literally 24 7 right now but you're seeing that bleed into your your average morning shows on fm drive you're hearing it throughout the course of the day and these are on music stations um and one of the things that you know, I, I was kind of hoping we could spin into this, and maybe we t- we we pull a little bit away from coronavirus at this point, folks. I hope I hope in twenty seven minutes of us chatting about this, you get a good idea as to you know what you need to do. Just to wrap it up, make sure you're washing your hands. Go five times as much as you were doing on the regular basis, and I think you're okay. Try to keep a six foot bubble between you and the next person. If you have any signs of illness, whether it's the Fever, the chills, body aches. Um, do yourself a favor. Call a medical professional. Uh, make sure that you're getting your uh, update on the virus through the CDC or the WHO. That's the World Health Organization. Please do not rely on idiots like me on a podcast or reading shit that you read on the Huff Post or on Fox News or anything like that. You know, don't don't listen to politicized views on a virus listen to actual scientists and doctors whose job it is to educate the public and keep calm as we go through and progress through this hopefully when joelle and i do another one of these down the line we're talking about wow what a scary moment that was and i'm grateful that we pulled through um so tying that back into to boston radio i mean let's talk about boston radio we could talk about national radio but specifically in the market joelle that you and i listen to um Boston music FM stations have really kind of slid and that that encompasses encompasses everything from you know top 40 to rock soft rock all the way to sports radio what what do you think has been a catalyst for that over the course of like say the last year year and a half i mean i have my own theory but i'm i'm dying to hear yours
1: uh i mean uh... Unfortunately, just like you know, all these sports leagues that we were just talking about, radio is a business, and for the last, I want to say, I feel like the last decade here in Boston, a uh, uh, top ten market. Um, it's those that have come in and have treated the radio, have treated Boston radio more so like a business than any. Other time, I feel like, and those who are in charge of of Boston Radio these days, you know, in the the different the different frequencies, the different stations, the different you know uh, companies, because there's a lot of clusters. There's a lot of companies that have different clusters here in the market. um, They've they've shied away from taking risks. They've shied away from. i guess listening to their audience and they just they just it's just more of the same in terms of trying to diversify their product and it's just more of this like a you know top 40 you know type of audience where it's like you know we gotta get younger we have to uh you know you know stay with the times and 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 if and if anyone who you know does play um Quote unquote, holdings or throwbacks, uh, it's very, very few, far in between, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I mean, I grew up in this market. Um, You know, people that have listened to the podcast since the beginning know I grew up south of Boston and Quincy uh, before, you know, becoming an adult, moving into New Hampshire, and, and then never going back. But in my time, it doesn't mean in New Hampshire, I don't get all the Boston radio stations as well. Um, I've seen my listenership, specifically how I listen to Boston radio change. And if if we want to set the marker back a decade, that's cool. Let's do that. Um, you go a decade ago, uh, AAF was huge. BCN was huge. Um, you, you had Jammin, you had Kiss One Hundred and Eight. So You had two top four, you had a top 40, you had Rap R and guess, is what you would consider jamming back then, ten well, years ago. Um,
1: rhythmic, yeah, urban and rhythmic. <laughs>
0: yeah, man, whatever. Hey, it was my jam. I used to love. I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if they still do it. But jamming used to do like the lunch hour throwbacks. And oh, they still do. Oh, yeah, man, that still I, do. I don't. And
1: back in the day, buffet still still going strong. Yeah, and
0: I don't I don't catch it as much as I used to, and you know my, the way I listen to radio has changed, and you know, personal story here is that, you know, I grew up listening to Kiss 108 and ninety and 94.5 when I was growing up. Then as I got a little bit older, musical taste changed a little bit. I found myself more towards the AAF BCN. Um, the Howard Stern inclusion, bringing in a talk radio on the morning drive was kind of, I spent a lot of time in the car myself. So I ended up getting into the Stern show for a while because it was entertaining. Then that became Vanilla and he became old and cranky. Um, so I'd had enough of that. He went over to Sirius, and I was like, well, that's good because that'll clear out the the morning shows. But you're right. There's been a sanitization of the risk-taking that you used to see in the Boston market. We used to be a trend-setting market. Now we are a cookie-cutter market. You know that if you go to KISS 108 on any given morning, and, and I'm just talking morning drive to start, but if you go to KISS 108, you know you're getting Maddie in the morning. You're getting that same cast of characters. And I don't know how a new listener in this market or a college kid that's coming here from upstate New York gravitates towards Kiss 108. I mean, do they play top 40 songs? Yeah, they play them at nauseum over and over and over again. But going back to Maddie in the Morning, dude's like 70 years old. I don't know how he's resonating with a 22-year-old dude who just moved here from Syracuse. Um, But yet they're still in the market. They're still driving morning drive. I think they're the number one rated morning show in Boston. Um, And then you have these these other stations that have great ideas. Like, I don't know if you remember, 96.9 used to be a conservative talk station. And yeah, th- and yeah. then it switched. And when it switched, I started listening because it was, to your point, it was throwback 90s hip-hop. And you hit my sweet spot there. So I, I was really gravitating towards that. But then again, there was, you know, they brought Jermaine Wiggins into the fold and Wiggy had some sort of issue with the other uh, the other two disc jockeys that he was on there with uh, was Romero one of them
1: yeah uh Romero and,
0: and and Pebbles yeah together. and he yeah. didn't and for for Wiggy to not gel with those two I couldn't understand that um since leaving 969 and going over now to um sinking sinking ship radio i call it w e e i in boston the uh, fm sports radio station it's an intercom station owned by radio.com as well i shouldn't trash radio.com too much because they do host my podcast along with several other outlets but um facts are facts and as i kind of you know, my my fandom grew for sports, so did my hunger for sports. And, you know, I'm part of that generation that didn't necessarily get to see a Red Sox. Um, well, I, not necessarily. I didn't see a Red Sox World Series championship until the rest of us did in 04. And I was part of the fellowship of the miserable. So I was listening every single day before the first World Series. I was listening to, you know, every single season lamenting about the shitty celtics and you know how they couldn't get their their stuff together after the 80s run and and i kind of bought into that and it was good and it was these these guys sounded like guys i'd want to have a beer with and talk with however fast forward to about two and a half years ago um while this sanitization was transpiring the social justice movement and political correct movement was also gaining speed. It was gaining a voice. It's always been there, but it didn't necessarily have a voice that people were willing to listen to and abide by. Um, what we saw happen at WEEI, specifically on their morning show, uh, the the Kirk and Callahan show, was some missteps. We we saw two things. We saw two. We saw one aging host in Jerry Callahan, who had a phenomenal career as a sports writer for, for Sports Illustrated and a phenomenal career as a morning uh, jock on The Morning Show when he originally did it with John Dennis. Uh, they then brought in this guy, Kurt Minahan, and he kind of took a slightly watered down Howard Stern mantra slash, I don't know wh- what you would call it. It, it was just his, his, his shtick so to speak. And it seemed to resonate. People would listen to it. I was listening to it because they weren't just talking sports anymore. Now, mind you, two and a half years ago, Patriots have won five rings. Um, Celtics have got their ring. Sox have won three. You know, you, you're, you're happy Bruins had theirs. You know what I mean? So now it's title town, And that thirst for 24-hour, you know, Fellowship of the Miserable Sports Radio had really just gone down the shitter. And this guy comes in. They're talking politics. I don't agree with half of the stuff they're saying, but it's worth listening to. It's entertaining. And then they misspoke. They made an, uh, an offhanded offensive comment regarding a transgendered individual. And that really set in motion, a course of events, at least in the last two and a half years across Boston Radio, all stations, where you see the carefulness in the words. To your point, you see it's very vanilla. Everything, it's non-confrontational. There's no desire to to be a trendsetter. I actually stumbled across a morning show, oddly, not out of Boston, but simulcast on Boston Radio. It's on 92.9, uh it's on in in the mornings i think it's called dave and chuck the freak um yeah. it's not a station i would typically listen to because my musical tastes have changed again it happens when you have a 16 year old son he kind of brings you into the fold of things that are new because i can tell you six months ago i had no idea who tyler the creator was i had no idea who joey badass was i had no idea who frank ocean was i know now um and i enjoy listening to them so needless to say 92.9 is a rock station it's not necessarily my genre anymore but I find myself when I'm not on on satellite radio switching over and listening to this morning show because they're not in the Boston market. They are in a smaller market in Detroit, and they do push the envelope. I mean, some of it you sh- you shake your head and you go, "How is this even playing in Boston?" They won't open a Chick fil A, but yet they can allow Dave and Chuck the Freak. So it's it's a very interesting dichotomy in in regards to how this market has has changed, to your point, over the course of the last decade and, to my point, over the course of the last two and a half years and how it's how it's a very sanitized setup. And it makes me wonder, with the, with the exit recently of WAAF off the Boston Airways. Um, what, sad, sad, by the way. Very sad, man. I used to listen to Sorry. Greg in the morning show all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. He's over on the AI now. Yeah, I know. And it's not the same. Yeah. Um, they had more freedom at AAF. I mean, I I hearken back to the Opie and Anthony days at AAF. So I, I remember when I remember that too. Yeah, man, whip it out Wednesday and when you could just take chances and it was it was fun. Now you try to play an old Opie and Anthony episode online just listening to the audio, it's we've been so cultured into what's misogynistic, what's racist, what's you know, detrimental to people of developmental disabilities, that it's almost cringeworthy to listen to now. And I don't feel a guilt that I enjoyed it when I did, because I believe that the time was different at that time. I think there was a, there was a different acceptance of what the norm was compared to what the norm is now. But my question is moving forward, look forward 10 more years. Joelle, how many stations are in Boston at that point? you know do do you still get the diversity of music or or are we just going to be a probably i'm guessing within the next two years a single sports radio station um and not not that I like the other one any better trust me um <laughs> I just hate guys that that run conspiracy theories up a flagpole and think that the 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 general sports fan's gonna buy into it, and you know yes, I'm talking about you felger, and yes I'm talking about you mass um not not fans of either um but needless to say when you look 10 years down the line what do you see in this landscape you know musically sports wise talk wise how, how do you see it progressing
1: well i mean you know sports wise that that all depends on uh on on the on, on the uh i'm gonna say just the subject, but i meant to i meant to say the boston sports team's success in general like if if the 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 red Sox continue to 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 be contenders every year the Celtics and the Patriots obviously they're in limbo because of you know the the Tom Brady you know decision that his pending decision if he's going to stay or if he's going to go then you know you're going to get I think a lot of um the same that you're getting now where you kind of you you're going to talk about everything else going on in the world and kind of sprinkle in sports and you know every now and again uh, and it's 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 pretty much at least with the with the sports radio scene, it's more like what's going on in pop culture.
0: Yeah, and
1: and you know we'll throw in some sports every now and again, but it's more. It's, and I feel like it's going to be it's, it's gearing more toward that, and especially if the if like I said, if these if this, the uh, the Boston sports teams, you know, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Patriots, and Red Sox, if they're if they're not in contention. Then you, you, they're barely not going to talk about them. Right. I feel like it's like that. I feel like it's like that now, because if, if either one of those teams aren't you know aren't aren't doing well, you know, or, or if there's some sort of controversy with one of those four teams, then they'll 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 talk about that all the time. or, or, or you know,
0: I think it's a I think it's a thirst trap, and the trap is they want there to be controversy. They actually yeah. a- actually believe, and you know. Again, I'm just a listener, but I I honestly think that sports radio thrives on teams struggling and drama within because it gives them of so course. much to talk about, so much content's created for them.
1: It's social media world that we that we live in now, uh, Joe, and yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, as sad as uh, as it's it's you know come to that, but not everyone you know has that. Uh, i guess the, for lack of a better term not everyone has that ADD, you know mentality that like if if we're not talking about you know something that happened on social media did it even did it even happen right and it's like it's 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 that is that sort of that sort of um mentality when it comes to you know sports radio and just sport and just talk radio in in, in general now when it comes to you know the music scene i don't know that's that's like I like I mentioned before. That's already leaning towards just you know everybody playing the same stuff. Like I remember, I remember Magic Magic One Hundred Six Point Seven used to be a a soft rock station. Yes. And their their slogan now is like you know, you know yesterday's hits with today's flavor, something like that. It's just like you know they'll sprinkle in a couple of songs from you know the eighties and nineties, but it's now it's more geared to today's. You know, top forty, uh, you know, songs and or playlists. Uh, you mentioned Kiss One Hundred Eight. There's a there's another there's another station already like that. You know, 103.3 which used to be Oh a Yeah. Station, ironically enough, now, now they're a top forty station, and they're they're forever competing with 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 Kiss One Hundred Eight. Kiss One Hundred Eight is a staple here in Boston, and, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So, you know, instead of trying to you know have your own identity, it's now it's like, oh, I'm going to compete with with a staple here in boston uh you mentioned the af you know going off going off the air oh, they, got, yeah. they got bought out the frequency got bought out by a, a contemporary christian station and i don't know how much that <laughs> that, that was a, a need for here in boston that's something like more like an am am type of uh of, of crowd and not the fm i not on the fm side
0: dude i'll tell uh, you when you think about you know, just, you know, you you bring up a great topic of uh, how the landscapes change. And it it reminded me, I I try to share a funny anecdotal story or or an actual, you know, thing that's transpired in my life in each one of the podcasts, you know, whether it's done as a, a, public service announcement, a PSA, one to grow on, whatever you want to call it. I I always try to share something that's actual and factual. Um, The last podcast I did, which was uh, season two, episode three, is it's chock full of actual 100% true stories that happened to me, no embellishment at all. Um, But I do have a radio one, so I figure I'll I'll share it with you. We're on together. I know you don't know this one yet. Um, I'm going to take you back to 96 and... Patriots are going to play the Jaguars in the AFC championship game at Gillette and um, what was it 100.3 WHEB out of Portsmouth New Hampshire Uh, Greg in the morning buzz was the radio program I think there's still the the morning drive up here in New Hampshire on the seacoast they had a contest called you got to remember in 96 the coach of the New England Patriots was not Belichick it was Bill Parcells And his nickname was The Big Tuna. So they had a show us your tuna. Most creative ways that you can use tuna got you 50-yard line, 10 rows up at Gillette for the AFC Championship game. So yours truly, your host of the Braindroppings podcast, Joe Show, um, got together with a guy in my marketing department and said, I want these fucking tickets. We're going to get them. So what do we got to do? So over the course of the next week, we designed on a tarp using ketchup and mustard every yard line, completely set up on a I think it was like a ten or twenty foot tarp. We built cardboard stadium to replicate Gillette. I literally went out, bought shoulder pads, a practice jersey. We had it screen printed, tuna boy one. We took ten pounds of tuna salad and encased a nerf football in it and then froze it so that it would stay at the shape. We went to the radio station. They put us on, they described the whole thing. Dude threw me a pass. I caught it slip and slide down the uh, the tarp, landed in bread at the end, made a sandwich and ate it. We won fifty yard line tickets, ten rows up. It was it was pretty cool, <laughs> my man. But you don't see any you don't see those fun contests anymore. There's no you know what I mean? Like that one yeah. e- even though it wasn't, you know, pushing the envelope, it was still yeah. exciting. It wasn't, it, was, the,
1: it wasn't over the top, but yeah, you're right. There aren't there aren't contests like that anymore. Now the, the contests are more geared towards, uh, how many more followers we can, we can get on social media. It's like, you know, tag us and tag us and this or, or, right. or you know, uh, get, 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 you know, your friends to follow us on, on Twitter or on Instagram, or, you know, <laughs> give us your favorite, you know, show us your, your, your moves on TikTok right. or Snapchat. And that's all it is now. It's because again, you know, you, you're, it's a, the radio has become more, more business-like than any other time that I can remember.
0: Yeah. On the sports oh, radio I, side, I, I kind of see it dying. And I'll tell you why. And it's the advent of social media. I mean, you and I knew within milliseconds of that game being canceled in the NBA last night between Utah and, that you knew that this was, this was what was happening. Within two minutes after that, the NBA had released a statement by Adam Silver. You, we, we knew what was happening. Now, now roll that back ten, fifteen years. You're waiting till Butch Stearns, or you know, you can go further back. Bob Lobel, telling you about that at the end of the newscast now i fear that sports is going to be a tiktok video at the end of the, the the newscast it's going to be all right and here's a 30 second clip from tiktok and butch stearns go ahead and you know butch he's a monkey he'll do it um, <laughs> <laughs> i've met butch i can say that um <laughs> no, wait, you're, no you're right though you you can
1: actually get like a a night full of scores in a, a minute and a half, you know, Snapchat video right. on ESPN. Like, yeah. it's that's, you know, there's, there's guys who get hired, you know, guys and women that get hired to, you know, throw out some highlights for you in a, in a 90 second clip. And all you got to do is just follow, you know, ESPN or FS1 or whoever on any social media, you know, platform. And that's it. You got your news for the day or you got your, you know, your, your scores and highlights for. An evening of, of of sports and and everything has become so like you know I need I need my it's like everything everything's we live in an in an on demand world. Big time. If you, if you if you like you said if you miss if you didn't hear the news last night of you know the NBA you know putting their season on hold within you know those twelve hours, then you 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 legit have probably. You know not you don't have any social media at all right you're not, right. You're not, you're not connected at all and what's a and in any in any shape way or form you, you might not even have a, a, a smartphone you might just you know still have a flip phone for all we know right. and, and, and you're still getting your news the old-fashioned way waiting to the 11 o'clock news on tv or you're or, or, or you're tuning into ten thirty a.m and getting your your news every half hour on the hour you right know, you know what i'm saying so that's so like that's that's just the world we live in today. Everything is so it's quick, quick, and like everybody wants to be the first one to to, to uh you know to release the news and be like, oh, I'm, I was the first to, to report this. Or, oh, sure, to, yeah. You know, release that, and that, and that also becomes dangerous territory when it comes to certain things, to certain you know news and 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 the way uh, things work these days where you know some people they're not even citing sources anymore they just want to be the first to report
0: something yeah no absolutely so i shared a story do you have any stories to share you do anything on the radio you ever been on win a contest um and if you've got nothing there um, you got to tell me your favorite 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 genre of music because you kind of alluding to rock here
1: i mean i'm i'm i love all types of music like i grew up Listening, like I've I've been, I'm a huge I'm a huge radio guy, and I always, um, I always said when I was younger growing up that I always wanted to be on the radio. I always wanted to affect, you know, you know, daily life. Yes, what I always wanted to do, whether it was me playing music, whether it was me, you know, talking, shooting the shit about whatever. I said I'm gonna be on the radio one day, and then someone invented podcasts. And I didn't have to uh, you know, try to kill someone to take over their job on the radio.
0: Or make so, six bucks an hour in Portland, Maine when you live outside of Boston and have to exactly, drive up to the radio station, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. I did I actually did work um for intercom temporarily for about three years. I was um I was fresh out of uh broadcasting school. I went to I'm a I'm a I'm a graduate of the C S B, you know. Oh uh, what was uh, that guy's name
0: yeah who was uh, who was the guy who was dick something right
1: Dick Robinson
0: yeah, I'm Dick Robinson for the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you oh, want that, a career yeah. in radio that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what, what, what
1: drew me in there you know
0: that um, dude had a golden voice. I'll tell you
1: that, that program, and i uh, you know I've met a lot of you know people in the industry, but I always wanted to uh bring in the radio somehow and so I got my foot in the door you know going to going through CSV and I was on I worked uh, as a street teamer at Intercom for EI uh, Mike FM back in the day yeah before they turned over the before they were EI on FM uh, AAF and
0: uh, so you made your bones
1: yeah so I was yeah I did promotions for, for, for those stations for a little while and I, I was even on the programming side for a little bit on AAF, you know, um, running the boards overnight, but they didn't have, uh, didn't have any disc jockeys after a certain time, so, you know, the radio still had to go on, you know, music still has to be played, and someone's got to be, you know, watching the station, making sure that music and ads are run at a, you know, particular, uh, particular time and make sure that there's no dead air, of course. Yeah. So, you know, Art Cardinal said, "No, make sure I know there's no dead air.
0: <laughs> and you're hitting yeah. the post coming out of the break. No, that's, exactly. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. You, you've done you've done more in radio than I have. I, um, like you, even as a young kid, I always wanted to have some sort of opportunity in radio. It just, the way, you know, the way life progressed, I didn't have an opportunity to study for it when I was in college. Um, I got out, kind of gave up on the idea and it wasn't you know podcasting came out and i was i was on the forefront of that when it first started hitting specifically on itunes um i was you know a devout listener of the nerdist podcast with chris hardwick joe rogan experience mark maron's what the fuck podcast um i was listening to to those and i was like wow man i got some stories that i could share too and i don't think my voice is that bad so let me give it a shot and I didn't know where to get started. It was, you know, it's completely, if you have no background in radio, no background in sound recording whatsoever, it can be the most frightening experience of your life. You just feel like it's trying to speak Latin when all you speak is English. So I kind of put it on the shelf, and it, fortunately for me, talk about industry connections, I ended up working for the same company as the guy who does uh, Late Night on WEEI, Patrick Gilroy. And mm-hmm. You know we were talking and i would said oh i'd love to you know he said to me one time he says hey did you ever call into my show i said y- yeah i call into ei all the time why <laughs> he goes you're joe from new hampshire i said uh yeah that's me <laughs> he goes dude he goes you know why don't you why don't you do broadcasting i said I, I, a i have no education in it b i have no industry contacts i have nothing he said you know a friend of mine uh, has CLNS Media, and for a long time, I didn't want to, he didn't want to drive out to Central Mass or up to Maine to work these, you know, these smaller radio stations um, to kind of make his bones, so he was one of the original uh, CLNS Media post-game hosts. And he had said, you know, let me let me see if they have an opportunity for you. So fortunately for me, put me in contact with Nick Gelso, who then put me in contact with Taylor McLeod and Bobby Manning. Um, and they gave me a tryout. And fortunately, you know, I got to do all the post games that I could handle last season, doing them again this season until tonight, which I was supposed to be doing with Taylor tonight for the Celtics Bucks game. And uh, through that, I kind of self-educated myself by utilizing Patrick's um, knowledge base on how to set up a podcast how to do my own because when the Celtics season ended last year you know I, I was banging on Nick's door daily Nick let me do a Red Sox podcast let me do a Patriots podcast you know I don't know anything about the Bruins but I just want to be on the air I want to talk in front of a microphone and he said he basically said to me you know we're growing and no offense, you're great on the radio. You got a great voice. You just don't have any cachet. You don't write, you don't do anything else. And so nobody knows who you are. Why are they going to turn into, tune into our podcast and listen to you? And I said, you know, you're right. So what else can I do? He says, why don't you, you know, open up an account on the, the hosting site that we use and create your own podcast. I said, all right, if I do that, it's not really going to be sports related. He said, yeah, you you can even plug it when you do it. I don't care. So I was like, great. Um, So I utilize my post games to help plug my my side project, which is the podcast that you're on tonight. And uh, it's been going good. You know, I'm a little over a year doing it now, uh, probably 26 episodes in. So as you can guess, I do them about, you know, every three plus weeks. I kind of took a hiatus from September through the end of February, but I'm back at it. I'm really energized to do it. I'm really stoked that you, you know that you accepted my invitation to come on and do one of these. I'd love to do a Causeway Street podcast with you and Joe Sway as well. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. It was really great having you.
1: Oh man, thanks for, thanks for having me, man. This was this was a lot of fun, and uh, you know we we've done a, a bunch of um, Celtics post game shows on uh, Clns Media, and it's you were the first person that I worked with. And like, I just, it's just one of those things where I just, I feel like it's just, I'm, I, I feel comfortable, you know, with every time we we, host together.
0: Yeah, we click. And, and if it's a game yeah. that we don't have a ton to talk about, we have Nick call in, uh, Nick Sacento and we let him just go off for a while. <laughs> dude,
1: dude, like you, you two, like you two are, were like, you know, essential in, in me getting, you know, uh, more opportunities for, for you know, co-hosting that or something. so uh, Post game show. So, you know, thank you for that. And, uh, oh, the, dude, yeah.
0: no worries at all. I'd love to, I love doing those post games with you whenever I get an opportunity. Um, I've even asked Bobby, I said, you know, make sure you pair Joel and I up because we just, what, what you and I do when we do our podcast, whether it's the post game breakdown or even this one, for people that are listening, it's basically like they're just overhearing a conversation between two friends. And, you know that's what i always strive for when i do a podcast it's you know i don't want to be dictating to my co-host i don't want my co-host dictating to me i just i just want to have a conversation you know and it, it seems to flow real smooth for you and i which you know it's awesome it makes it, it makes it so much more enjoyable for both of us so before yeah, before can't, i you can't you can't fake that and that's uh yeah oh, it's, hell it's, no. it's, this is
1: genuine so it's it's good yeah
0: so before i kill this episode we're right around the 57 58 minute mark um i like to end the episodes Joel with final thoughts uh can be a final thought on anything you know whether it be sports related you know topical in the news whatever it is just your final thoughts your two cents this is you know you have no constraints. When you're on my podcast, you heard me drop F-bombs. I don't care. It's, it's, it's listed on iTunes as a comedy-based podcast. I always throw out the PG-13 or R rating, so that way I, you know, my listeners know what they're getting into before they get into it. Um, but if you'd like, if you want to you know, use your final thought to do anything, you can plug your podcast. I'm going to plug it anyways for you, but go ahead. Um, and give the, guy, give the people listening something to, uh, to know that that's Joel's final thought. What do you got?
1: People... Anybody from who can who can hear my voice, please wash your fucking <laughs> hands. Like it's it's such a uh, concerning thing to even think about the fact that we are where we are right now. All this shit that's going on in the world right now is because people have to be told and reminded <laughs> over and over again <laughs> to wash your fucking hands. It's <laughs> something that was instilled in me since the as long as I could remember. My parents would always say, did you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? Any other, you know, when you, you know after using the bathroom, you know, first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, and every time you, after you eat, before you eat, wash your hands, people. That <laughs> simple. Wash your hands.
0: I love it.
1: You know, we were talking about things that are, are, you know, out of stock at the stores. Yes. Guess what, though? Guess what's not out of stock? Soap. Sanitizer's out of stock. Yeah. You know? Uh, Soap. Sanitary wipes are out of stock. But soap, oddly enough, (laughs) still in stock. (laughs) Sanitizer is not better than warm water and soap.
0: 20 seconds
1: to kill to, to 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 get rid of this thing and 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 that's it man All
0: i like that just i like wash it hands, people. i like wash it hands. so i'm gonna piggyback on your final thought with my final thought i'm gonna my final thought's gonna be a two-parter so I'll, I'll definitely piggyback on coronavirus right off the top uh to piggyback on joel wash your fucking hands 20 minutes uh, 20 seconds before you rinse um if you need a class on it you can google how to wash your hands properly Look at a surgical video of a of a surgeon prepping before he goes in. To if you want to go all the way up to the elbows, whatever you got to do, wash fucking hands. I mean, that's that's right off the top. Secondly, um, be good to each other. You know, at the end of the day, don't don't allow people to politicize this illness. It's not a political topic. It's not you know. She didn't do this. He didn't do that. They didn't do this. It's none of that, folks. It's a virus. Okay. There are steps you can take to better prepare yourself and and avoid contamination. Take those steps. Create a six foot bubble. If you don't have essential domestic or international travel, don't take it. Um, You know, you're going to get through this. The the nation as a whole will get through this. The stock market will rebound. I'll someday be able to fucking retire. It was looking a lot closer than it's actually going to end up being. But We'll all get through this. Games will be played eventually. Leagues will be restarted. Seasons will be restarted. Playoffs will transpire. It's all going to pass. Try not to let the constant news cycles dwarf and, and warp your sense of what reality is. This is a bad cold. If you are an immune, depressed person or you are somebody who's susceptible your elderly, whatever it may be. Take the appropriate precautions. Like Joelle said, wash your fucking hands. Don't hoard the shit out of the grocery store or I will flip your cart. And if I were you and you're filling a cart like that, I'd look over your shoulder because I shop in Mass and I shop in New Hampshire. And if I see you, I'm flipping it. Um, Last final thought is this. Today is Thursday, March 12th. And we have um, a nation that's currently in the grips of a financial crisis in regards to the stock market. Folks, this is not the time to dump your money out of the market. I don't do a lot of talking about investments, but I do have investments. Um, My advisor is telling me, and I also believe it, now is not the time to panic. Now is not the time to, to look at the losses that you've incurred over the last two weeks through the stock markets plummet. Understand that this is driven by the virus, and when the virus goes away, the market rebounds. This wasn't an economic crisis or a stock market crisis caused by a lack of uh, or a rise in the unemployment number. This wasn't a, 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 a stock market crash that was built off of bubbled mortgages. This is a stock market that's being dramatically influenced by the supply chain disruption and fears regarding future purchases. This will go away. Relax. Breathe. And as Joelle Pavone from the Causeway Street Podcast, my co-host tonight, and also my co-host when we do Celtics post-game on CLNS Media, would say, wash your fucking hands. Have a good night, <laughs> folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Joe Show. For Joelle Pavone, you are listening to the Braindroppings Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. Thank you. Cold enough to chew my bones It feels like I don't know you
1: anymore i don't understand why you're so cold to
0: me with every breath you breathe i see there's something going